Welcome to Loving the Christ Life. I'm Brad Wilson, and I want to remind you this program is produced weekly by the Christ Life Fellowship. Be sure and check out our website, christ-life.org. Don't forget, too, to check that bookstore out when you get there. Now, let's get back into these wonderful, wonderful sessions that Warren Litzman did years ago in South Africa. It's a wonderful and most enlightening conference he held, and we've been playing excerpts from it each week, and this week is no exception. Here's Warren Litzman. I encourage you. Listen to these words. The preaching of Jesus Christ must be according to the revelation of the mystery. You know why this message comes hard on the ears of people when I come around? It's because for years they've listened to a gospel that was not based on the revelation of the mystery. Jesus Christ on the revelation of the mystery. Not Jesus the healer. Not Jesus the miracle worker. Not Jesus our Lord. But Christ according to the revelation of the mystery. What is the mystery? Christ in you. You see, that's the pillar that upholds the gospel. Christ in you is the basic pillar that makes the gospel what it is. First God thought. Second God thought is the cross. The cross is the other side that holds up this gospel. I'm determined to know nothing among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. That's the two pillars. Christ crucified. That's the gospel. The preaching of the gospel must be according to the revelation of the mystery. Somebody come to me and say, well, my preacher preaches on that every once in a while. I see he takes a text over in Romans. That's not enough food. That's why you're sickly and frustrated because the gospel that comes to you is not the gospel of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery. The revelation of the mystery. I ask you again, when's the last time you heard a preacher preach that every believer needed a revelation of Jesus Christ as their life? When's the last time you heard it? You see, that's more important than the politics of church. That's more important than the denomination. That's more important than the preacher himself. The message is more important than the preacher. If you want my attempted attitude in dealing with humanity, it is that this message is more important than I am. Much more important. The last words of this verse round out the whole plan of God. Because it says, which was kept secret since the world began. Kept secret. This fact that God was going to birth His own people was kept secret. A lot of reasons for that. But the, the strongest historical reason is that God had chosen Israel to be His chosen people. He had chosen Israel to rule and reign over this earth. They will one day. He had chosen, though, in that day 
that when he sent his son down, they would accept him as Messiah and the kingdom would be established. And this people whom he had set aside to rule and reign on this earth would take over the reins of government of this earth like she will during the millennium. That was his plan. But they rejected his son. They rejected his message. And they left for us like a hole in the ground. That's what was left to us. But on that one remarkable day, the day of Pentecost, when for the first time the Holy Spirit came to earth to live in human beings. Get the picture. The Holy Spirit had moved upon men innumerable times in the Old Testament, but He had never come to live in a human being so that he would have a lifelong ability to bring that human being to a fullness of Christ. Never before. And when he came on the day of Pentecost, the first thing he did was to place, 1 Corinthians 12 and 13, to place the new believers in Christ. You see, the Holy Spirit has one great mission. And sadly, people choose the mission of the Holy Spirit to be according to their personal doctrines. Like some people choose the Holy Spirit to be the one that gives them power, makes them somebody, makes them gifted, makes them extraordinary. Some people preach that. I did at one time. He may help, but that's not his ministry. His ministry is to live in you and guide you to Christ. John 14, 15, and 16, that's the essence of that message that the Holy Spirit has come to take dumb, ignorant people who already have Christ living in them and teach them who they are guide them, lead them. Remember, Jesus said the Holy Spirit will never have a connotation of Himself. He will never speak of Himself. Isn't that interesting? Before I got a hold of that, I was a Holy Ghost preacher. There is no Holy Ghost preacher, for the Holy Spirit gives no connotation to who and what He is. So this was kept secret since the world began, but released to that little handful of people on the day of Pentecost. They were the first ones in Christ. You see, Jesus said in John 14 and 20, when that day comes, you shall know that I'm in you and you're in me. That's the in Christ message. That's the furthest Jesus ever went with the in Christ message, with perhaps the shaded message he would give between the vine and the branches, which kind of pointed to this fact that we are branches attached to a vine. But he never got into the subject because his mission was still to establish that kingdom. 
Peter got up on the day of Pentecost, and instead of him preaching, now this Christ has come to live in us, he preached an old-fashioned Holy Ghost message. He preached it right out of Joel 2 and 28, that the Lord's going to send a great revival. This is it. This is it. In my lifetime, I went to several it's myself. Led several of them. But this thing had been kept secret until that moment when he was ready to reveal it. So you need to make some heavy marks around John 16 and 25 and see if you can gauge your life by that. See, see if you can fit into that some way. What would you have to do to fit in to that as a born-again believer, as a birth child of God? What would you have to do? You'd have to first get it fixed in your mind. I can only be helped by Paul's message. That's what he said. God will only establish me by what Jesus has given to the Apostle Paul. Isn't that, isn't that outstanding? My, that's unbelievable, in fact. You have to come to the place that you say, well, it's Paul's message that I've got to begin with. The whole Bible is for you. Everything in the Bible is for everybody. Saint and sinner. The Bible is for everybody. But there's only one small portion of Scripture in the Bible that is directed to the born again. Some of John's gospel, John's epistles, some of Peter's writings, and some of Paul's. No, all of Paul's. Just one-fifth of the Scriptures speak to us, that talk to us. You'd have to come to that place. You'd have to come to that place that I only want the Scriptures that speak to me. I don't want you to get up and tell me what David said. He said a lot of blessed things, didn't he? We're all hung up on Psalms. But David didn't have Christ in him and he could never aim those words at your need. So you'd have to take them and transpose them into your need. But you don't have to do that with Paul. He's speaking as a man who has Christ in him to people who should know about Christ living in them. That's the difference. So if you was to enter into this, the revelation of the mystery would be the very heart of your being, Christ living in you. That would be the very heart of your being and your understanding of the things of the Lord. Well, let me move on. Point number six. The birthing is brought about by God alone. Look at it like this. When you got ready to be saved, you made a choice for Jesus. All you could think of is, I need help. You were in the center. You were a poor lost soul and you needed help. And so immediately, your whole thought was me. What am I going to get? How can I get help? What will God do for me? And so forth. That's what you were thinking. Well, a preacher may have been standing by. He said, boy, I hope this is a good salvation. I could sure use this fellow in my church. Yes, sir. I believe I, believe I could make a good tithe payer out of him. 
I hope he really means business. That's what the preacher thought, maybe. Another one on the membership. But wonder what God thought. What did God think at the moment a sinner came to him to be saved? What was in his mind? Was it in his mind, here I snatched another from the devil? You think God thinks that way? Maybe, but I doubt it. What was really in his mind? In his mind was that the moment this fellow believes that Jesus is his Savior, I'm going to do something to him he never dreamt would be done to him. I'm going to take my seed, my sperm, my God's sperm, and I'm going to place it inside this fellow. And I'm going to create another life inside this body. That's what I'm going to do. And I'm going to make that life to be the Christ life. I'm going to put Christ in him. And I want to make that life the Christ life. That's what I'm going to do. And the moment that sinner boy says, Lord, forgive me my sin, accept me as your child, the moment that happens, God takes a bucket of grace that has hundreds of values and blessings, gifts, and understandings in it, and he dumps the whole thing on that sinner boy. The whole thing. Doesn't hold back anything. Gives it all to him. At that moment, everything God has in is given to him because that's what grace is. Grace is that you come behind and know special gift or blessing from God. It's yours been given to you. That's what God thinks. He thinks now I've got another child. I've birthed another child. That's why the angels in heaven rejoice when a sinner comes to God because they found out that this is a big thing to God. He's got another member of the family. He's filling up his house. He's completing his plan. All that happens when you're born again and you have nothing to do with it. It's a God thing. It's a God thing where God works on His own, His plan. You see, on the resurrection morning when you get a new body, you're going to have a feeling you've never known before. Because right now your body pulls you back and holds you back. Not just because of disease or, or lack of strength. But your body holds you back because it's been so congested with another life. That it feels that if you take that other life away from them, he's empty. Empty. 
And so you kind of feel, you feel real strange. But God, by His grace, fills up all that empty space with another life. It's all in Christ. That's why every time Paul gives us a new gift from God, he says it's in Christ, in Christ, in Christ. He says that because the Christ has been birthed in you. Christ is birthed in you. You're in Christ. Christ is in you. And when that takes place, you get everything Christ has. Everything God can give you. It's yours. Now we're back to the fact, why didn't God make us conscious of that? Why didn't He write that on the walls of our soul? Nope. He left that soul mind just like it was. Dumb, ignorant, afraid, stupid. He left it just like it was and said, I've given them everything I could ever give them. I, God, gave them everything. But if they don't have a revelation of it sometime during their life, of who they are in Christ, it'll mean nothing. Read the second chapter of 1 Corinthians. Here's a chapter that says that the preachers, the, the, the royalty of religion, are not going to tell you these things because they feel like religion must give you these things. This is what we give you. You become a part of our church program here. This is what you get. And you get a lot there. But they're all outer things. They're all things that happen outside of you. Changes nothing in you. In my town of Dallas, Texas, we have huge church buildings. We have at least two churches in our town that have services for 21,000. Just read this this last week. Two churches. They have 21,000 people every Sunday. Do you know something about those churches? One of them, they, they've got this new idea now to make sure you get everything from being a Christian you ought to have. They're building malls in the church. They got a lot of money now. So the church is a mall. The 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 congregation sorta of is in the center of it, and all around it there are restaurants, there are stores, there's a bowling alley. There's everything you can think of in the church mall. Now, that's not bad, because our young people need a godly place to go and so forth. But the question is it is done in the premise that this is what God wants you to have. As if the whole bucket of grace that was dumped on you means nothing. If they preached the gospel along with that, that'd be terrific. But they don't preach who they are in Christ. They preach, I'm a member of this particular church now. Look what we got. I bring that up not to criticize as much as to tell you that you must be careful that the things that happen outside of you may have no 
bearing on what is to take place inside of you. What bearing could that have on a birthing where God has birthed His child and where God has made you as kings and priests, John would say. You got it all. And the reason you have it all is because God has brought this about. That's salvation. Well, most of us are tied down to little things without a lot of money, without a whole lot of junk in our way. We don't have to buy everything to make our gifts from God perfect. But you need to find out about what he dumped on you when you got saved. Who he made you to be. And you need to steer your life by that understanding because that's a love affair. That's where the love affair is. You aim your life at these things that God made you and did for you. That's your life. I want you to know him. Just him. When it's all settled, dear friends, there's nothing left but Jesus on this earth. Nothing left but Jesus. And the Holy Spirit indwells your soul mind. That's where He lives. He lives in your soul mind to teach you about this birthing you've got. This fact that Christ is alive in you. He's the one who presses you to grow up in Christ. He's the one who teaches you in every little responsibility of life, every little issue of life, let it be Christ. See through it to Christ. See through it to Christ. Christ is working. Christ is real. In the problems and the heartaches of life, He's real. It's not something you have to put up with and tolerate. Your mind is what makes the difference. Most people go on pills to try to alleviate the hurt and pain of the issues of life when actually if they knew who they were, they could trust the Christ in them to work it out. You could trust Him. Nothing wrong with the pills. Sometimes you need them. But it's wherever you put your interest, it's wherever your heart goes that makes the big difference. I'm asking you to long consider this birthing and what it means because it goes beyond all comprehension. Let me do one more thing, point seven, before you have your break here. The birthing has no touch of man on it. When a sinner is born again, it is not a church thing. It is not a preacher thing. It is not a Bible thing. It is not a human thing. Everything that's done for that sinner has been done outside of the sinner. 
When you were saved, everything God gave you had nothing to do with you other than you accepted Jesus. And even the faith you had to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ is given to you by God. You don't even have that kind of faith. But in your need, God gives you the faith to trust Jesus. So when you were born again, no human being, not even yourself, had anything to do with it. It's like a natural birthing. At a natural birthing, you've got a man and a woman that cohabitated. You've got sperm that went into an egg and created another person. You've got a doctor that looked over it for nine months. You've got a hospital that took you whenever you were ready to deliver. You had somebody else there to help you in the delivery of it. And the moment you came out was the first time you ever had anybody to do something for you that you knew about. Everything in the birth of a baby is done by somebody else outside of the baby. When you are born again, it's the same way. Church doesn't do it. Preachers doesn't do it. Parents don't do it. It's a God thing. It's done by God outside of you. Think of that for a moment. The minute you were born again, you had no sense that the cross had been necessary to get you to that point. God had done that on His own. Jesus Christ had died on the cross. And now the moment you are born again, you are rebirthed by another living in you. You have nothing to do with that. That's something God planned before He created the world. Christ in you. You haven't had a hand in any of it. Isn't it amazing that after we've been a Christian for a few years, we start running the thing? Yep, we take over and we're going to make it all work now. I got people that go to bookstores and buy silly books, I call them, where somebody says, here's what you need to do. You got this problem. Here's what you need to do. Do it books. You can write a do it book today and the whole world will run after it because there's nobody more ignorant than Christian people. They have no concept of what happened to them when they were born again. They don't know that Christ lives in them. So somebody comes along and says, i got a book here that will really help you. This will show you things. And i like for you to read it. I don't want you to stop reading. But dear friend, that's not the answer. The answer is you finding out who you are in Christ. And I'm going to tell you, there are very few bookstores that will have that book in it. So you better hang on close to your Bible. You better let the Holy Spirit be your teacher. Because you've had nothing to do with the new birth. It's all been done for you. It's all been done outside of you. Like a babe in a mother's womb. 
to get that baby in a mother's womb, everything that's happened has been outside the baby. The baby was never brought to question, would you like this? Do you like this old man here? Would you want him to be your daddy? Do you like this doctor? He could be rough on you. You sure you want him? Was there any questions made on the one who was being birthed? No. That's the way it is. But if when you're birthed, you don't know about these things, especially your new birth, especially your new creation life, if you don't know what all is behind it and how it happened, you can go through life deceived and hurt. As a babe in Christ, God gives you no consideration. He has put the life in you and He's given you the book that tells you how to live. It should be simple. But the more you get mixed up with somebody who's trying to handle you in an outer way, the more confused you're going to get. So think about it. That's what happened in our life. A lot of people confused us so that we didn't know who we were to be in Christ. Enough said. It's tea time again. You're welcome to go. Another wonderful excerpt from Warren Litzman's conference in South Africa that he did years ago. He did many of them, but this is one that we've been focusing on for the time being. We hope you enjoyed it. The Christ Life Fellowship. We're also proud of our fellowship and proud to be a part of this wonderful in Christ message that Warren talked about so much over the years and studied and studied. Don't forget to go to our website, christ-life.org. There you can read all about us, read all about the Christ life, and you can get valuable teachings from Warren Litzman from our bookstore. You can find books, you can find audio tapes, videotapes. It's really, really a blessing. Now, we want to thank Robbie Litzman for allowing us to go into the archives each week. And we want to thank Valerie Hill for doing our Twitter account. Also to Tammy Laycock for doing our weekly podcast notes. And thank you, Teresa Ferraro. What a great producer she is from the Christ Life Fellowship. Until next time, I'm Brad Wilson, loving the Christ life.